And hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Comic Multiverse. It is Sunday the 28th. I am your host as always, Joel, and joining me, my partner in comic book crime, it's Matt, everybody. We do a lot of crime, don't we, Joel? Mm. All the crime, man. Jaywalking. Littering. <laughs> not returning videos to Blockbuster. All the pettiest all the, all, crimes. All, all the, you know, all, they're all the high-ranking crimes. Return, not returning a video to Blockbuster would be kind of impossible to do at the moment. <laughs> I know, right? Well, that's that's what makes it special. We, we beat Blockbuster on that one. We <laughs> crimed so hard we couldn't crime anymore. We crimed so hard they went out of business. <laughs> <laughs> that was us. It was just me and Matt. And man, parking tickets, you don't even want to know parking tickets between the two of us. <laughs> Man, par- parking tickets are no laughing matter. Like, I think in certain states, they can't actually lock you up if you have a certain amount of unpaid parking tickets. It wouldn't surprise me. That and vagrancy, where it's like, you know, what's what's the least amount of work I have to put in to get locked up <laughs> in jail? Uh, that. Unpaid parking tickets and vagrancy. <laughs> Those are the two. But, uh, hey, how, uh, how's your week been, Matt? It's been pretty good. It's been getting a lot cooler here as we sort of get through the year and enter winter and spring and winter so it's been getting a lot cooler so i've been able to do more stuff and i just this week started playing that um monster hunter world on playstation 4 nice it's the first ever monster hunter game i've played and it's it's pretty awesome I played one Monster Hunter. It was a port on the PS2 forever ago. It was ridiculously hard, and I quit right after the first boss battle. And I know a lot of hardcore (laughs) Monster Hunter fans are like, oh, they dumbed it down for the normies in this new game. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it did, and it's probably going to be a big success because of it. Sit on that, why don't you? thing is, it didn't, because I was playing with my friend yesterday, and he has played some of the other ones. And he said, like, it's a lot similar to the other ones. There are obviously aspects that are for noobs, you know. Like us, um, there's a targeting system now. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it it's pretty much the same, he said, and it's, it's really good. It's a really fun game. And there's fireflies to show you where the fuck you're going. I know a bunch of my friends are getting it. But I'm already so tapped out after Christmas. I'm like, I can't, I can't afford a new game. I'm still playing Assassin's Creed Origins. I haven't even started South Park: The Fractured Butthole, and on top of it, I've been watching all these goddamn Sonic Fox uh, professional, uh, what is it, uh, professional Mortal Kombat videos. So now I bought Mortal Kombat too. I'm, I'm really good at Kano now. I've been, I've been maining Kano. <laughs> Man, when he does that Kano ball attack across the thing, I love spamming the shit out of that. (laughs) So, you know, if you you ever have that friend who got to a thing like five years too late, I'm that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so five years, you're like, wow, this Monster Hunter game's really good. Meanwhile, we're all playing like the fifth one. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? I'll probably get it at some point. It looks super great. Hell, I haven't even played Persona 5 yet. It's been on my Amazon wish list. I kept waiting for it to come down in price, but it doesn't. <laughs> no, no, because it's popular. Because it's popular, and also it's a weird Japanese niche title. It's the same way with the Yakuza games. Yeah, it's a good game, though. It is. I'll definitely have to check that one out. <sighs> oh, man, for me, I'll, I'll tell you what I did, and this will make you laugh. And this is so out of character for me. It was on in the background. And it made me so mad I had to actually sit down and watch the whole thing. There, <laughs> there's there's this show called Love After Lockup. And it's like total like trash TV, total like reality garbage. 
but everyone on this show is so stupid and so hateable. Never have I so quickly sat down and I'm like, I'm going to hate watch the fuck out of this. <laughs> I want to <laughs> throttle every person. There's one woman on that show who's like, yeah, you know, I've been corresponding. Uh, what is it? With, with, with my boyfriend. Uh, he's in jail. You know, he committed a bunch of crimes. But we're going to live together. And I got my parents to buy us a brand new house because we really need to live on our own. I'm like, <laughs> Uh, and I'm like, that will never work out. And it's men and women, too. So there's like an yeah. older guy there who's like, oh, yeah, you know, my girlfriend, she's in jail. I've, uh, I've already sent her $20,000. They say you're not supposed <laughs> to send her money, but I did. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And another guy who's like, oh, she's getting out today. Oh, what did she do time for? Heroin trafficking. Oh, oh, fantastic. I know. It's like, it would be one thing where it's like, oh yeah, you know, she was, she, 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 she was wrongly jammed up on like a minor, minor cannabis charge. I'd be like, okay, well that makes sense. No, heroin trafficking. And she was also a heroin <laughs> addict before she went to jail and had to dry out because <laughs> of the heroin. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, man, if you have ever wanted to just reach through the TV and slap some people around, this is the show for you. <laughs> or if you ever want to feel really, really good about your life choices, go check this out. Oh, jeez. And yes, you can imagine uh, after watching a show like this, I'm like, okay, you know, prison dating, prison pen pal programs in my area. Who's who's out there for Joel? Let's check this out just for the fuck of it. <laughs> and oh man, are there some winners in my area? Yeah. Oh god, yeah. Another woman there who's like, yeah, you know, I ran I ran a meth lab and I have three kids, but I'm really not giving up on love, you know? <laughs> And I'm like, good on you, meth lab lady, for not giving up on love. That's good for you. Uh, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> a, couple, a couple of real bull women who were in for assault, and I'm like, ooh, when a woman goes down for assault. That, <laughs> that, that lets you know some things. Hey, 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 mom, look who I brought home. It's Ice Pick. <laughs> it's a name oh she picked God. up in prison, but she wanted to keep it. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> Thanks, Ice Pick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes Joel and his friend Ice Pick again. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to make it after all. They're going to beat the odds, I tell you. <laughs> so, you know, if, if you guys out there, if you want to laugh, and hey, women too, I know we have some female listeners, check out these prison dating pen pal programs in your area <laughs> and just feel awesome about yourself. Oh, uh, that's great. And hey, on the subject of Mortal Kombat and killers, and I'm actually feeling really good about this segue, uh, Derek Mears, an actor who you'll probably remember as being the guy in the Jason costume for the bulk of the Friday the 13th movies, is playing serial killer criminal Dwarf Star in an upcoming episode of The Flash. They're getting a lot of big guys at the moment. They had just had, um, what's his name, Goldberg on, on oh, the last episode. Goldberg as Big Sur, which I actually thought, like, wow, that's really good casting, actually. And he's actually playing a character. Yeah, a, a, a character that has an arc. Yes, definitely. He's going to be sticking around for a bit. And apparently Dwarf Star, as we've discovered, is related to why Big Sur is in jail. And I get the feeling that this is, like, one of those frame-up things. Yeah, probably. They're like, yeah, like they're both Barry and him are in jail for sort of the same thing of being framed for crimes they didn't commit. Because Dwarf Star, yeah. if you'll remember, he's actually a, a Gail Simone invention for when she was writing the Adam. Basically, he's a serial killer and a rapist who found 
uh, one of those, like, atom belts that lets them shrink down and get in anywhere and get out undetected. And yes, that's every bit as terrifying as you think. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, God, that is terrifying. Yeah, where it's, imagine if a serial killer just got a hold of some atom tech and it's like, oh, so I can be untraceable forever now? Wicked. <laughs> and to get one of the greatest movie slashers of all time to play him, that's pretty sweet. That's pretty cool. Mears apparently has been making the rounds on superhero television because apparently he was also one of the Kree commanders on S.H.I.E.L.D. this season. Oh, really? Yeah, he was one of the guys under the makeup. I don't know if he got any lines or anything, but yeah, he was one of the big intimidating Kree guys. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, good for him. I've, I've always liked Mears. I've always respected a dude who got by and got famous mainly just on his physical acting method. Yeah. It's like, he can talk, you can let him talk in things. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I guess we can segue that into a thing that we talked about Flash this season. We, we've had, like, what, two episodes of Flashback now? Yes, yeah. Yeah, they had the courtroom one and then the prison one. Uh, how, how have you been thinking of it? Been pretty good, been pretty oh. good. I, I, I didn't like how, in the, like the last episode, how long it took um them to give ralph both his costume yeah. and superhero name like they they dragged that one out the a long way especially episode. when when every other villain and hero got it like within the episode they were in talk uh, talk about some great stunt casting though bringing back uh what is it the woman henchman from the john wesley ship mark hamill era of the flash to be this new trickster's mom and i'm like that's pretty smart that's pretty cool and they they even had like the pa the 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 newspaper clippings of yep. them in their original costumes and all that. that's pretty cool that was good and that like the finale went pure camp where it's like oh we've taken over the airwaves and we're gonna kill these people with acid unless the elongated man can stop <laughs> us and i'm like wow they are going for it in this season i'm all about it now did you ask this question because i asked this question in the last episode when iris goes to visit barry in jail and they have like their tender moment and everything there mm -hmm. i asked the question who is paying Iris's bills right now? They clearly have an expensive apartment in the series, and she don't work, and no one else no. seems to work. I I did think that like like when, earlier on in the episode where they were um all sitting around in the stars lab, and like, why are you here, Iris? Like, do you not have a day job anymore? Do, who, does stars pay these people? Like, I mean, who who even owns stars anymore? Like, there was a. Uh, what is it the, the the fake harry who turned out to be the reverse flash then they kind of tried opening it as a museum for a bit then that, that went nowhere yeah then that went nowhere and that didn't work where are these guys getting their money i know they said in another episode that cisco was from money that he had rich parents and he lived in a nice place i'll i'll just believe that they're paying his rent but are they paying everybody's rent <laughs> at least caitlin worked in a bar as killer frost so she had a job yeah yeah, and, and Barry was a CSI. So was Joe. Joe had a job too, but it's like, yeah, who's who? Who are paying the bills in this place? Who are keeping the lights turned See, on? If if they were smart, they'd say something like, "Oh, Oliver Queen owns the company, and he's like fronting the money for everything." But that's too smart. 
they do that with Bruce Wayne and everything, where it's like, oh, well, the Wayne Foundation has deep pockets, so they'll just yeah. get everyone on retainer. I, If they were smart, I would love to see them do an episode down the line where the power and utilities get shut off to Star Labs, <laughs> and it's like, oh, shit, I guess we haven't been paying rent in, like, six seasons, and now they're going to kick us out. What do we do? <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the mail's been going to, like, the mailbox that's outside that no one checks because <laughs> no one knew it was there. It's, like, exploding. We have a mailbox. <laughs> They have the repo trucks and everything, and they're taking away all the computers, and it's like, fuck, what do we do? Uh, car wash, uh, lemonade stand. <laughs> what are we qualified to do? <laughs> Joe's like, I don't know, I'll steal some drugs from the evidence locker, and we can sell them. What about that? <laughs> Look, it's all worth it if we can continue to be Team Flash and continue to be heroes. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a Legends plot is what that is. Like, the shit gets reloaded yeah. and they need to do some shit. Yeah, when's Legends coming back? Everything else has come back. Like, February. Like, February 12th or something. It was, right. like, really late. I have no idea hmm. why. I think they were filming still or something. I, I guess Flash always starts uh, early and Legends always starts late. Because I know Flash will be done and we'll still have Legends to watch. I know I'm really excited for Legends because Constantine's going to be in it. Yes, and apparently Kid Flash, too. Apparently Kid Flash is joining that show full-time now. Yeah, he got sick of the people on the Flash show and decided to go join this one for some reason. What what a weird... Like, what a weird actor. And, like, I know there's a lot of stuff going on in his personal life that are kind of, what is it, boiling over into his professional life. But what a weird, weird trajectory the kid flash wally yeah. west character has had from showing up to i have speed too to i'm your partner and sidekick and i'm taking care of things when you're gone to yeah i don't really like it here anymore i need to be my own man and okay i'm going on another show now it's kind of like um that guy who was the who was arsenal how he went off to become a big movie star and that yeah. never happened so he ended up coming back <laughs> I wonder I wonder if because Wally's gone now and cuz he's doing that I wonder if they'll ever screw around with the potential of doing another sidekick like maybe at the end of this season oh a time portal opens and oh look it's Bart Allen everybody That'd be pretty cool. I'm just wondering why like they they don't bring back um what's her name Jessie Quick and and great. her team and, and, like, the most recent episode, she would have done really well in it because they, they needed a speedster instead of uh, some guy who can stretch. Uh, it's it's so funny. It's like, well, we have a stretchy guy, we have an ice woman, and we have uh, the elongated man and all this other stuff. But at the same time, even though their powers together are arguably as good as the Flash, if not more, we need to show them being slightly incompetent because if they can just <laughs> handle things, then there's no need for Barry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though you could argue they could do more, but, you know, it's the way it is. Yeah, well, well elongated man's basically on god mode. He can, yeah. he can stop bombs, knives, acid. He's essentially indestructible. Yeah, yeah. V vibe can bring you anywhere. Killer Frost controls an element. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's all pretty huge, but nope, not as good as speed, though. No. Never as good as speed. <laughs> and uh, from there, from the world of TV to the world of uh, movie news, uh, this week we got our first look at what Carol Danvers' Captain Marvel's uh, costume is going to look like in the movie, and everyone freaked out because it was green, proving that people don't know their comic history. 
yeah proving people don't know their comic as soon as i saw that i'm like oh cool they're doing like the old school yeah. captain marvel with like the captain the captain kree colors yeah the, captain marvel where it's like oh it's yeah it's, it's kree battle armor that's that's a good explanation because yeah. it's like oh she didn't make a suit she wasn't gifted a suit she probably took a suit because she needed it and then it's like oh of course it's green and then when she gets back to earth because all the design stuff is basically the same she'll change it and make it the captain marvel colors yeah, exactly. And we've already seen there's going to be Captain Marvel colors because they had concept art for it and everything. Mm. It's just not going to be green the whole movie. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's probably going to be your finale right there. She changes it to make it her own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course, everyone freaking out and saying how Marvel's fucking it up. And mm-hmm. of course, people like me and you post pictures of a green Captain Marvel and they'd still freak out and... Not not only is there precedent for this, it actually makes a lot of sense for Carol Danvers and Captain Marvel mm-hmm. in general, because her costume has always changed and upgraded from being, you know, Miss Marvel to being, you know, like Binary and Warbird and then eventually finishing up as Captain Marvel. She's gone through many costumes, and in fact, you can tell what decade you are in Marvel Comics most of the time by what costume she's wearing. <laughs> yeah, she's like the the marker that, they, that Marvel have instigated into their sliding time scale. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's probably had one of the best successions of costumes, too, where it's like, oh, that was a cool look, that was a cool look, too. Even now, the costume she has is a variation on one she had before. Remember, she had, like, the helmet and everything before? She's, yeah. she's gone through quite a few looks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, th- th- this is obviously just, yeah, first costume, isn't it? And it is, it's also because most of the movie takes place in, like, the 90s. It's a period piece. Before she... Before she comes into the the present in Avengers or something, it's an origin story and a period piece, and I feel that went uh, that went over a bunch of people's heads when they looked at mm-hmm. it. Furthermore, yeah, to the yeah. fact too, this isn't a picture they released. This is clearly something someone snapped when they weren't supposed to. No, yeah, this is just an open set, yeah. And you know someone wasn't supposed to because there's a great bit with the actress looking very displeased, like she saw the guy on his camera phone and she was like, "Fucking really." <laughs> <laughs> you gonna you gonna do this? You gonna play Captain Marvel like this? Are you are are you for fucking real? Seriously? I think she could just see the headlines now of all these outraged people. <laughs> she was she was staring fucking daggers at the dude, and for good reason. <laughs> now, uh, hey, from that topic to something kind of funny and kind of silly, uh, Doomsday Clock has been going on. We will of course be talking about that in the what we read segment. Uh, but DC caught a little flack this week. When the real-life Doomsday Clock was moved, like, 30 minutes to midnight, the DC Twitter handle was like, Hey, just because the real Doomsday Clock has been moved up doesn't mean you can't enjoy Doomsday Clock issue number three. (laughs) Oh, I want to shake whoever's hand put that out. That's amazing. (laughs) It's like you should shake their hand and you should also shake them where it's like, Dude, that's pretty funny. But on the other hand, don't joke about nuclear holocaust when it could actually really happen. Mm. <laughs> it's like this shit was fine to joke about like a couple years ago but like now it feels like it might happen <laughs> which would suck because if we all died we couldn't figure out how doomsday clock ended we would all be up at no. the pearly gates we would all be in freaking uh valhalla or shambhala or wherever you fall on religiously <laughs> and we would see the spirit of jeff johns and all us nerds would be like no but seriously though jeff how how was it gonna end where where were you going with this <laughs> 
Uh, and it sucks as well because that, that series is moving like bi-monthly, so it's not going to finish oh, yeah. until July 2019. Yeah, ruh Which, hey, you know what? I would complain, but that third issue was so good and so compelling. I'm like, you know what, Jeff Johns, take take the time you need to make this one good. Don't, d- don't fuck up. And apparently this, this was more the artist than anything. This was the artist needed a break. Yeah, yeah. I would rather it come out a little late and then, you know, have it come out and be shitty and rushed. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. Uh, hey, speaking of DC, and uh, this the, the, this is funny, you know, how, like, the worm is kind of turning for DC. Like, for the last year and a half, it's been hard to have any stories to make fun of them. It's been hard to, you know, like, say anything against them because they've been doing everything so right. But here's a story that stirred up a little bit of controversy on social media and a lot of excitement, too. I know Matt and I are excited for this one. But Justice League to be coming out with a brand new weekly series in May called Justice League No Justice. Yes, much like how Marvel has made their Avengers Weekly now, mm-hmm. uh, we're getting a weekly Justice League, which I'm I'm, I'm okay with. Me too. I'm, I'm, yeah, much. I get to read Avengers and Justice League now. Exactly, and hey, much much like Marvel with the Avengers, the DC and Justice League is in a very similar place, and that is they have two books going on right now. But they're not really setting the world on fire, are they? They're not really the flagship AAA series they want to. And in DC's case, it's even more baffling because all their other stuff is hitting it. Even like second string characters like Green Arrow are selling huge and are getting a ton of conversation around them. And yes, I love Green Arrow. He's my favorite hero. I can call him a second stringer in my heart of hearts. I know it's true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but goddamn it, he's the best second stringer. He's at the front of the second stringer line. <laughs> but yeah, like they they kind of need this, and uh, they basically said, yeah, uh, for this event, Christopher Priest's Justice League and Steve Orlando's Justice League of America will be ending. We'll be heading into this a new weekly series, and then when it's all said and done, we'll be getting a brand new Justice League book with a brand new team, whatever that may be. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty awesome. As as you said, like yeah, Justice League should have really been their flagship, but wasn't. And it's mainly because they decided to keep Brian Hitch on the book for some ungodly reason. I think if they had like someone like Christopher Priest to begin with, then the book would be a a flagship book. But yeah, And, and only like the last like three or four issues have been good. And even then, like, as much as I like the Christopher Priest thing, it's it was never going to be like a, oh, you know, the, the biggest event of the year. It's more kind of like a, oh, isn't this a fun, interesting thing he's doing with Justice League, taking them in, like, a direction you've never really seen before. It's going to be a really good trade when they put it together is what it's going to be. It's going to be, hey, did you read Priest's uh, Justice League? This was a fun one. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a really fun read to treat. And, yeah, it was like a smaller story sort of thing, there. but still had... Big implications, though. Most definitely. Uh, what's cool about this is that we've seen some promo art and we've gotten some idea of what the story is going to be. Basically, uh, Brainiac returns, so it's been a while since we've seen Brainiac uh, challenge yeah. the entirety of the Justice League. And uh, he's not just threatening Earth now, he's threatening multiple planets. And for this, the Justice League has essentially split up into three or four smaller teams. Well, he's he's not actually the threat. He's come to warn them of something. Oh, shit. and he so we're doing and he's now. sort of kind of yeah. And he's he's like the yeah the, the herald of something that's coming. And he's 
helping the Justice League, which is why they've split into all these different teams and why most of their armor looks very brainiac-ish. Very spacey, yeah. and these are these are teams comprised of heroes and villains alike. the uh, The first one, as I like to call it, Justice League Cosmic, has Superman with trunks yeah, on the, the J- outside. The, the JL aliens. The JLA. Oh, that's good. JL aliens. I like <laughs> that. It's it's Superman with trunks on the outside, so we're still running that. Uh, Starfire, who by God, she should have been on a Justice League so long ago, right? Oh, yeah, she's like Superman level, so I don't know why she's still on the Teen Titans. She's been the oldest Teen Titan forever, which, I mean, I guess the point is she has, like, the sweet disposition of a child, even as an adult woman, but still. Yeah. Uh, Martian Manhunter back from whatever hole he fell into. They've been teasing him a lot lately in, like, Justice League and, like, a bunch of other stuff. Hey, guys, it's me. I'm back. I went for cookies and then, you know, got lost. Uh, yeah, so, and he's in the good costume as well with the is. X and the cape and everything. Very good costume. I agree. Sinestra. Hey, Sinestra. What's up? Yeah, he's like back alive now. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a morally gray anti-villain sometimes. And I've also had some adventures with Superman in the past. So, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> and then for yeah, cons- why isn't Hal on this team? <laughs> a lot of people made that joke where it's like, you know, what what is Green Lantern doing that's so important he can't help out with the space crisis <laughs> that he had to they had to call up Sinestro and be like, hey. <laughs> also, there's multiple Green Lanterns. You mean you couldn't get one of them? <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe wherever they're going, they need fear. They need fear wherever they're going. Maybe. Uh, also, Starro is on this team, which is interesting because Starro just showed up in Dark Knight's Metal again. Yeah, and I hope he's written the same as he was in there because that was a, that was a great character for that him. Is, I loved it. Where he's almost like being a troll for some reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, from there, we have Justice League Magic, led by uh, Wonder Woman, and everyone here has got a nice little purple color palette. We got Zatanna, who's on a Justice League, about goddamn time. About time, yeah, which is really funny, because I remember, like, um, in that crappy Batman issue from last week, um, they, they, they mentioned, like, Zatanna being on a Justice League, so she was on a team, like, yeah, yeah. like, a while ago that we never even saw. Yeah, I know. I uh, I like her outfit here. I like the purple. It works with her, and I like she's got, like, a pants-fishnet combo. Yeah, it looks really good. It's the best of both worlds. Etrigan the Demon. Again, he's basically the Hulk for the DC Universe. Why is he not on more yeah. teams? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He fits perfectly. Dr. Fate. Again, if you're yeah. building a magical team, you gotta have Dr. Fate. And I'm gonna assume this is Raven, even though it looks like she has red hair. Raven, or maybe... Enchantress? Yeah, possibly. This but I think it's Raven. The cape makes it look like Raven. Yeah, it's hard to tell. The purple... It's funny, you change a couple colors on some characters, and then they look brand new, like you can't tell who the hell they are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Batman leading up Justice League anti-hero, complete with Lobo, Lex Luthor, Deathstroke, and Beast Boy for some reason. <laughs> yeah, just, just Beast Boy. Beast Boy's like, wow, did I draw the wrong stick in this fight? Holy fuck, why am I on this team? Lobo has me interested because I, I wouldn't think he would be on it because I know he's the only reason he's on the Justice League of America team is because of his uh, promise to Batman. And right. once that book ends and the team disbands, I imagine he would want to just fuck off somewhere. 
Yeah, he, he probably promised him a bunch of money. Same with Deathstroke. This <laughs> this this is also team pay me and team in it for myself is what it is. Yeah, it's team pay me comprised of two billionaires. <laughs> two super rich guys where it's like, oh, pay you. We'll make that shit rain all day yeah. long. <laughs> I, I also don't know why Lex is still wearing his, like, like Superman costume because he's not Superman anymore. No, unless he eventually decides, you know what, I was wrong. I want to be Superman again. Or maybe he turns the S into an L at some point. <laughs> that would be fun. Also, I figure maybe Beast Boy is on this team too because it's like, wow, you're a lot of serious, broody motherfuckers over here. You need someone for comedy relief. Gar, go with them so they don't slit their wrists. <laughs> go, go join Team Serious and you know make them make them laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lastly, we have what I like to call Justice League Street Level led by the flash damian wayne who it's funny damian is on flash's team and not his dad's team yeah i would have like switched him and beast boy yeah wouldn't that kind of make more sense uh cyborg which man this makes me laugh wow cyborg is a justice leaguer and even he can't lead his own team he has to piggyback <laughs> off flash's team <laughs> Hey, 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 Barry, can you, can, can, can like, and, you and me co-team this one? And it's a team as well that only has one metahuman on it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Harley Quinn, because Harley Quinn is in everything now. Yeah, she's popular. She's, like, what the fuck is she going to do against a space threat? Well, she has a space hammer, see? It's not a regular mallet, it's a space <laughs> mallet. It's got glowy things on it. Ooh. And then the Atom, who a lot of people didn't even know that was the Atom because he's orange. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You change a couple colors on the Atom and there's no way to tell who he is. Yeah, that's the Atom. It's really funny as well because this is like, it's comprised of members of the JLA, but some members are missing. Yeah. So like, whether they did they just like bugger off because they're sick of what Batman's doing in the team at the moment? Or? Uh, yes, I mean, Black Canary, you'd be pretty useful here. Hey, the Ray, you can fly in space. You'd be pretty helpful here. No, mm. we're good. Uh, Ray, like, hates Batman, so... Oh, does he? Well, I mean, that only makes yeah. sense. They're two very different people. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Justice League No Surrender. Got a great uh, creative team behind it. Scott Snyder, James Tynan, Joshua Williams... And uh, who, who did they say was doing art for this? It's someone really good. Francis Manipal. Oh, and Francis Manipal is doing the art, so you know it's going to be beautiful. Yeah, it's it's going to look amazing. And as well, like, um, uh, what was I going to say that I was going to say? Th this book as well was teased months ago in one of the metal books. Yes, yes, And I think Bat Batman Lost. We actually saw some panels from it. Yes, yes, of, we Like did. Bat Batman and Harley Quinn in space or something. Yeah. Which, again, because that was written by Scott Snyder, too. This was probably him, again, priming the pump, being like, oh, you think this shit is crazy? Y'all ain't seen nothing yet. I get to write Justice League now. <laughs> Which is like, you never thought you'd be able to pry Scott Snyder away from Batman and these big events. But now he's like, nope, now Justice League. Now the whole world is my oyster. The, the one thing I hope, though, with Justice League um, is that it's not all Batman-focused. Yeah. Like, Batman is like the the main central character yeah which i mean that's basically all snyder has done but i think he can do more than that i think this might be his challenge yeah. to be like okay can i tell a great story that's not batman focused hopefully yeah i mean like hawkman is kind of the co-main character of metal at the moment but still yeah yeah but even then he's still like a secondary character to batman he is he really is 
Now, uh, with that out of the way, we have some bleeding cool rumors here. So again, take with massive pinches of salt, but I thought these would be interesting enough to talk about. Uh, especially because the last bit of rumors uh, that leaked out of Marvel all basically seem to be coming true one way or another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so apparently after uh, Avengers No Surrender, there's a chance that they might be kicking around a brand new Avengers slash X-Men book. Please no. <laughs> really, you don't want a Avengers X-Men book? Not a Versus, not they really. didn't say Versus. They just oh, if it's, not a, if it's not a Versus, then yeah, I could I could get on board with that. But yeah, I, I, I get the feeling that just doing that, they'll be like, oh, well, let's have the teams fight for an arc. You know what I think they need? What they need is if Avengers No Surrender is a success, and I've really enjoyed the first three issues, they need to put the three X or three plus X-Men books they have all on hold and do like X-Men No Surrender. Yeah, they, I think they should do that with, um, yeah, like all of them, like the Avengers, then you get an X-Men one, then like an Inhumans one. It's, it's a That'd great, be pretty cool. It's a great way to say, hey, look, we got the rights back. We got a fucking clean house right now. We got to put some shit in order that may have fallen out yeah. of order. So look, all the yeah. X-Men books are on hold. All you writers, we're locking you in a room. Put the shit in order. Do, do what we got to do. These are the points you need to hit. Yeah, it it it'd mean like all the old classical X Men can come back because wasn't there like some rule where like any X Men that were created when when they were apart like they couldn't be used by Fox or something, which is so, why we got all those like new mutants that no one gave a shit about. Yeah, there was that, and then there was also like you couldn't create in a certain way. Yeah. And then there was, like, the whole, oh, you know, the the Terrigen myth, so, like, no new mutants were being born because a bunch of, all the mutants were made sterile now, basically, because, yeah, we don't want to invent any new mutants to be born because if we did, we wouldn't own the rights to them. Maybe, maybe do something like that. Maybe be like, oh, mutants are being born again. Yeah, and it's, like, the perfect time as well because, like, the Terrigen mists have gone away. They can easily bring them back and say, well, these new pure Terrigen mists don't cause, like, mutant deaths or wow. sterilization or anything. They're f it's fine. They coexist. Yeah, be, yeah, do something like that. Be like, oh, you know, uh, mutants are coming back, but they're, like, coming out wrong or something. Or it's like, you know, the, the mutant rate has now skyrocketed, so now there's more mutants than we know what to do with. Yeah, yeah. And so the X-Men got to get involved and do something with that. I would like to see that. That would be cool. They're also saying that this might be one of two brand new Avengers books that we're going to be seeing at the end of No Surrender. And clearly, that's where they're going with it. Okay, time to shuffle the teams again. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get a whole new, like, main Avengers team and then, like, a supporting team. Uh, which, you know, they could either they could either go Avengers Uncanny Avengers like they do with X-Men. I would very much like to see them go completely old school and be Avengers and East Coast Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> Just go totally old school. And hey, you know what? Better yet, Hawkeye can lead the East Coast Avengers yeah, again. The Great Lake Avengers. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, that's the other one. And Great Lakes. <laughs> just to totally fuck with you and the other one is the great lakes avengers <laughs> and you know you know make make these two books a nice mixture of everybody yeah, yeah i imagine if hulk is coming back they'd probably want the main avengers book to be as close to the movies as possible so you'll have returned iron man returned captain america returned hulk returned yeah. thor and then fill out the ranks with whoever the fuck you want yeah exactly yeah we'll have like the big main four yeah with hulk thor iron man and captain america and then yeah whoever else the four well, they, they, they they themselves could be a team 
They really could be. Yeah, the four-man ban. And then again, you know, you could have Vision, Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye on the East Coast and then fill that team up with some people. Like, I don't know, like Cannonball or like the the new Iron Patriot just because they're fun. Yeah, that, that, the new Iron Patriot, Tony Ho, is really cool. She's really She's leader of aim. leader of aim now. That's good shit. Like, please, please do something with that. Don't don't let that cool character stuff fall by the wayside. Like, USA Avengers, I don't think a lot of people gave that book a chance, but it was actually doing yeah. some cool shit. Yeah, the Red Hulk on that team. Get, get him Hulk. back. Well, hey, there you go. Then you have Red Hulk and Tony Ho join East Coast Avengers, so they have a Hulk and they have an Iron Man stand-in. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't matter what book you read, you will get an Iron Person and you will get a Hulk Person. Mm-hmm. That's how I would do it. Uh, another thing they're talking about, uh, Defenders might be getting, well, well, I mean, I think it's a foregone conclusion at this point, will basically be getting rebooted almost as soon as the Bendis one ends. Oh, I, I hate, DC and Marvel are like the, the biggest ones that do this. They they like, they did that with that, um, what was that book, that Rocket Raccoon book? Hell, oh, like yeah. that got to like, like four issues and then they're like, oh, we're going back to number one. They, they always do this. They did it with uh, Star-Lord, too. At least yeah. here, I can understand why they're doing it. It's like, well, Bendis is done. He's gone now, so... Well, yeah, well, instead of doing that, you should do, like, okay, Bendis's was Volume 1, and then instead of, like, like doing them in, like, arcs, just do, like, Volume 2. And just new sense. writer and new... So each each book, each um time you reboot it's like an anthology where it's like one story then another story then another story but no can't do that that would be fine but i guess they want to be like no 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 start reading here and we promise we'll actually have a writer who sticks around yeah well they say that (laughs) truth be told i totally dropped off reading defenders when i knew bendis was going because i'm like well all right this is probably gonna have an unsatisfying conclusion because all his other books (laughs) have had unsatisfying conclusions you can basically you can tell the week he found out he was going to dc because it's like well time to half-ass oh yeah like and the biggest one you can tell is like invincible iron man like from like from like the issue after that first issue of the search Mm -hmm. for tony stark that's like when he knew and it's just spinning its wheels when the writing was on the wall which that's even funnier because it's like marvel had a story where it's like no no no, he's coming back as of 599 you don't have to wait till 600 to see him come back and i'm like wow so he didn't even make it to 600 before he's like i'm done (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> getting the fuck out of dog he, hey. he he 600 is nothing compared to him writing for action comics a thousand yeah that's gonna be something that's definitely definitely gonna be something hey i want to like the defenders i like my street level characters i have posed several writers i think could be perfect for the defenders uh matthew rosenberg who is writing a hell of a punisher book right now charles soul who is writing daredevil anyway so why not give him this book to be a solid continuation and sister book exactly either or even both those writers taking double duties like i mean that's that's shown to work on the avengers book oh yeah david f walker who wrote the criminally underrated power man and iron fist and wrote the criminally underrated luke cage book give give the man something big he's an excellent writer but he keeps uh being forced to write these niche characters give the guy that's writing um Black Bolt, Saladin, admit it. He's done space. Let him do street crime now. Let him do street, exactly. Oh, actually, we'll be talking about him in a minute, too. Uh, speaking of Saladin, Ahmed, wonderful segue there, Matt. 
Apparently Black Bolt isn't going anywhere, so says the rumor from Bleeding Cool. Apparently Editorial fucking loves that book. It cleaned up during awards season. It was on everyone's best of the year, and apparently they love the idea of having a uh, inhuman book that sells in the tens of thousands. Yeah, it's doing very well, and I'm glad it is, because it's a damn good book. Every issue is amazing. Rumor is they've extended it for another arc, and if it continues to go the way it's going, they're just going to keep extending it for another arc. Yeah, they they keep going and going, and it, it was teased in, in the in the Judgment Day issue this week, where he's going to be meeting up with uh, Medusa again, so imagine the book might become like, well, it is a Black Bolt book, it'll become like Black Bolt and Medusa or something. Nice. Uh, another news story here, and I don't know what the fuck to make of this one. Another potential rumor via Bleeding Cool. Uh, apparently expect Cable to get the next big Venom-sized push where he'll show up in everything and crossovers for everything. Kind of makes sense. It does make sense, but at the same time, I'm like, Venom's push has really sucked so far. They really haven't been very good. So you mean I have to suffer through that and Cable? Yeah. Well, it, it, I guess it kind of depends who's doing like Cable stuff at the moment. I, I like I I really liked that first arc that James Robinson wrote for him, where he was traveling around time collecting time swords and shit. I really liked that. I, I kind of fell off after that because it was just too much on. Yeah. Um, but. The new arc I heard is it's okay, I guess. It's okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's fair. yeah. But yeah. I, I I wouldn't want like something like Venom where like every other book is you know Cable Inc and World of Cable and all that <laughs> Cable-ized. all that shit. <laughs> cable verse you see cable has to go through time and space and find all the different cables and then there's thanos cable who comes back in time <laughs> to try and kill all the avengers with an army of evil cables yeah <laughs> and there's one that like fires like symbiote cables and <laughs> which, which the it's fucking, like a, a venom cable <laughs> the hilarious thing about that is i think they've literally already told those stories like there is evil cable he's called strife yeah yeah, and he was in, like, the most recent arc. Yeah, and, like, there is an evil... And, like, there is a council of cables and everything. We saw those in Deadpool, so, like, half this shit is already real. <laughs> we, we joke, but it's real. <laughs> and uh, speaking of this cable thing, this, uh, this apparently is very closely related to this other story, and that is that Weapon X, the X-Men book that I think we all kind of forgot but is still going on, it will continue, but it will have a major creative and team shakeup. I might then pick up because I start. I liked Same. the book, but it was starting to sort of like kind of whine on me a little bit. And I I got off at the last arc, and I kind of maybe should have stayed on because they brought back Nuke. Yeah, the Nuke core. Where I'm like, oh, that's really cool though. Like the yeah. first the first arc was really grating, and I really didn't give a shit about weapons of mutant destruction, but oh. Oh, nuke in the nuke core that sounds yeah. awesome you know like ah oh, no i'll give it and i'm, I'm kind of glad it is since it's obviously going to be going in a new direction so yeah i wonder what the importance of cable will it be like hey old man logan you can go away now because we're <laughs> getting the other wolverine back we'll bring in another old surly mutant in cable maybe he'll bring his friend deadpool and domino I wonder, and, and yeah i wonder when they're going to start fading out um old man logan yeah, because it's like, I think he was way more popular than anyone ever thought he would be. I know it made me pick up Wolverine comics again. I didn't give a shit about Wolverine comics until he was old or until he was Laura. Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny as well. In the most recent um, all-new Wolverine arc, they actually 
killed quote unquote old man Wolverine. <laughs> they they sh- shot him in the head with a Muramasa bullet, so he's nice. like technically dead now. But Laura's going to go like dig the bullet out. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do with the X Men. I know we talked about ne- uh, last week how young Cyclops is starting to disappear from more and more things that he used to be. And like, oh, oh, he's out of champions now. Isn't that funny? Oh, oh, he's out of this now. Isn't that interesting? Yep, yep. Which, man, here's the thing. Like, you know, if if you hate redundancy in comics, I think there is nothing more redundant in Marvel than the young time-traveling X-Men. <laughs> they it went nowhere. I remember when, like, um, uh, I think it was, like, during Secret Empire, uh, they were like um magneto was like building a time machine for them and it looked like they were going to be going back and then like that went nowhere i don't even remember what happened with that story they they do that all the time hell i'll do you one better i remember when you and i still worked for comic book cast and the bendis x-men had just started and i'm like oh time traveling x-men what a cool idea for an arc i bet it'll be really interesting when they go back they're, they're, they're never going back yeah, what was that, like, five years later? <laughs> At least. Shit, I can remember when they're like, oh, battle for the Atom. I'm like, oh, cool, they go to the future and they meet a bunch of, like, future X-Men, including Jubilee's son and all this other stuff, right? And at the end of this story, they'll have to put everything back to normal <laughs> and everyone will have to go back to their own... T- no? No, they won't? No, they're, they're sticking around. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, they have to stay, and there's no way to ever bring them back. <laughs> like, Ben just put his foot down, like, and they'll never go back. Yeah, and no matter how, like, how that, like, broke time, you know, how does that, is that even possible? But, yeah. <laughs> and again, Ben just said, don't think about it. Just stop <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah. That's like that's that's the one thing that like scares me about him going to DC because DC is like so reliant on continuity and stuff like that with like someone like him who just doesn't give a shit about continuity. It's well, it, it's the perfect example of like you know at Marvel continuity informs the story at DC continuity is the story. Yeah, yeah, really. So yes, it will be very interesting to see how he plays in the toy box. Either they will give him his own corner to be like, okay, Brian, you can work here and do whatever you want, and it's fine, but we'll have to start, you know, running, but if you try to run roughshod over us, we'll let you know. Because <laughs> what's, what's the joke uh, our buddy Saloy says there, where it's like, you know, the, the thing about Brian Bendis' uh, Marvel work is like, he's read four comics in his life, and you can tell, because it's the four comics he endlessly references in everything he writes. <laughs> Yo, man, remember remember when uh, Iron Man went back in time and met King Arthur and shit and Doctor Doom was there? Wasn't that awesome? Yes, Brian, you bring it up in all of your work. (laughs) You constantly reference it. It's weird. (laughs) It'd be like if I wrote something. It's like, yo, remember that stuff that happened in Judd Winnick's Green Arrow? Yeah, Joel, you seem to be the only one who cares. (laughs) Yo, but it's fucking dope, though. Remember uh, Gail Simone's Secret Six? Yeah, yeah, but you seem to remember better than anyone <laughs> that would be me so uh yeah everyone that's basically the news for this week yeah we're uh, we're about 50 minutes in here to tell you what co-host matt i will let you decide our next course of action either we can talk about the books we read this week or we can give our thoughts on a uh, gotham by gaslight the brand new dc animated film um how many books did you read this week? Uh, I will I will count out and tell you how many books I read this week. 
Uh, I think I read a few, but I could be wrong. I could I could have the dimension. I could be remembering wrong. <laughs> I I read one, two, three, four, five, six. I read seven. Okay, yeah. So read like just a couple of books. So maybe talk about books since there was some really big ones. Uh, and if we if we have enough time, I guess talk about. Okay, if we, if we run uh, out Gal- of time, Gotham. we'll talk about uh, Gaslight. <laughs> Yeah. Neither of us thought it was great, but we'll talk about it more in depth. <laughs> I, I guess we'll start with the biggest one of this week, and that was, of course, uh, Doomsday Clock number three. Doomsday Clock. I'm holding up my issue right now, which oh. is a really nice physical issue. It really is. Mine's, mine's on the table over there. Mine's on the kitchen table. But yes, <laughs> it is really nice. Is it just me, or are they like making it out of like nicer material now than they used to? The front covers are like they're like a premium, like rigid sort of... Yeah. cardboardy sort of thing they're not like you know because i compared no. it to like my my recent metal issue and the metal issue is kind of similar because it's got that that uh thing but it's different yeah it's, it's like, definitely different they're taking it so seriously they're printing it on better paper it feels like yeah which is good for them i'll, I'll let you take point on this matt what did you think oh another really great issue another amazing issue another issue that goes places i was not expecting it to go for one obviously hey massive spoilers if you haven't read it already but shit you had all week to do it uh (laughs) the comedian is back from the dead and i remember a lot of people were freaking out a like last month when the book came out like oh how can the comedian be back from the dead that makes no sense that's insane only for us to find out, oh, he brought him back from the dead the same way he brought Tim Drake and Jor-El back from the dead. He just stole them from moments in history when they were supposed to die. He stole them from moments, but this one is technically a copy since they that since his dead body was still in the Watchmen universe and right. the button was still in there. He his body was because they obviously got his body and it was all that sort of stuff in the book. Um, but yeah, he, he's technically alive and living in the DC universe. We don't know when though. We don't no, know or like for how long we really don't. Yeah. We, we know he was in Metropolis though. Yeah. Either he just showed up that moment or he's been living there for a while. Yeah. So I, I'm interested to see if we're going to get like some backstory on him. Cause I, I think like I, I'd have to go back and have a look in, in, uh, in Watchmen, but it looks like he's got like some extra scars right like on his face and everything has he been having a whole side adventure we didn't know about yeah yeah like been like a secret killer or something it's it's wonderfully poetic he comes back and he challenges uh ozymandias for a fight and for once the comedian has the edge in the fight and ozymandias has to throw himself out a window just to escape from the comedian I really like that line from the comedian. It's like, oh, it'd be pretty poetic if I threw out that window. <laughs> and in the end, he doesn't have to. In the end, Ozzy Mendez throws himself out the goddamn window. Yeah, yeah, and that that's that was really cool. And we also got a lot of Mime and Marionette this issue who are, who are looking did. for the Joker. Yeah, now they are. It's funny, you know, by whatever twisted providence, they slip their bonds and end up walking right into Joker territory. And the Jokers don't like it if you come there wearing makeup if you're not the boss. Yeah, yeah, so they end up killing, like, a whole bar full of people. Now, I've got an interesting theory about Mime, because obviously, obviously in this, this issue we saw that he he isn't crazy. He actually has, like, imaginary, quote-unquote, weapons Seemingly. that he can use. And there's there's a lot yeah. of theories around this. Tell me yours, because I, I probably think something different. So, in the Watchmen universe, metahumans don't exist. No. Dr. Manhattan was the only one with powers. Yes. 
I reckon they they were there is meta humans there, but that universe lacks like the the like catalyst that mm. turns turns that gene on. When they came over into the DC universe, that gene flipped in Mime, who yes. became a meta human, and his power was invisible weaponry, yeah, or, like some type of power weaponry or something. Exactly. See, that's what I thought too, and I'm like, oh. In his world, he wasn't a metahuman because that world was closer to reality. But here, he can actually do all the shit he pretended to do there because obviously he tried to get his quote-unquote invisible guns with Rorschach's help, but they played that whole bit for a laugh. That was a theory I've heard some people say too, wait, were the, was he always a metahuman and that's why he was special to Dr. Manhattan because he knew? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, like he he probably knew he was metahuman. That's why they wanted to take him over into this universe. Maybe Ozymandias found out about that and and was like, oh, well, we'll take him and see what happens. We'll experiment with these people. Yeah. They're nothing to us. It's a, some pretty interesting shit. And yeah, there that bar fight too. Very similar to bar fights we saw in Watchmen, wasn't it? Very very violent. Very visceral. Definitely, definitely. We know, obviously, Mime might have something special with him, but I don't think Marionette does. She just uses, like, a piano wire. But maybe the baby does. Yes, maybe. Maybe the baby is a metahuman as well. Uh, that would be 